Welcome to Branch Out, a connection builders podcast, helping middle market professionals connect, grow, and excel in their careers. Through a series of conversations with leading professionals, we share stories and insights to take your career to the next level. A successful career begins with meaningful connections. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Branch Out Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gross. I'm excited to have two amazing guests on here today to have an open discussion about what diversity means to us. I'm joined by Christine Novacek, the Arizona Corporate Banking Executive for BOK Financial, and a returning guest, Rich Grant, Director of Business Development at North Lane Capital Partners. Rich, Christine, and I have an open dialogue about what diversity, equality, and inclusion means to us and how we can affect change in our personal and professional worlds. I hope you all enjoy. Connect and grow your network. We are on LinkedIn. Search for Connection Builders. Rich, Christine, welcome to the Branch Out Podcast. I'm excited to have the two of you here today. Jumping in and talking to our listeners for a minute here, for anyone who's been following the show for some time knows that Rich has been on the show before. We did a great episode last summer that was called Getting Comfortable in Uncomfortable Conversations. And just speaking openly about this, it was really a a time when I was first starting myself to explore a little bit of some of the diversity and inclusion issues within this country. It was uh, after a series of events that opened my eyes up to it, unfortunately. And Rich and I started a dialogue around it and said, okay, let's talk about it. And I don't think we ever expected it to be such a turning point, but I think for both of us, it it was a turning point. And there's kind of a series of events that have led us to where we are today and having Christine involved in the the conversation here. But with with all that said, where I'd love to to start our dialogue here is just saying, hey, we're going to have a conversation about diversity, inclusion, and some of the challenges that exist today, but in, in particular, some of the challenges that exist in the industry that that we are all a part of. And I'd love to just ask Rich if you could start with sharing, you know, looking back in the last nine months or so here, we've all had a lot of evolution in our own thoughts and, and a lot of learning. What are some some ideas that come to mind or what are some thoughts that come to mind when you reflect on your journey through this in the last nine months here? Yeah, you know, thanks for having me um, back on the show, Alex. And I really, really appreciate talking about this because, you know, as you alluded to, the last, you know, nine months, and let's just label it all, 2020 changed me on many different levels, one professionally, two personally, but the two intersected, right? Like that's what I realized last year is the things that are affecting me in my personal life and that may affect me in my personal life also have a lot to do with the professional world that I live in. And what I needed to do was, you know, in the past, I've spoke about intentionality in terms of getting to a more diverse workforce, a more diverse way of life. I've adopted that intentionality. I've found places where I can directly engage, educate, and at different times, even empower different people in my network in order to make sure that this conversation doesn't die down. I also have been humbled to know that I don't speak for everybody who may be on a journey or a path similar to mine, but it costs me absolutely nothing to hear them out, listen, and then go back and see how I can apply that to make somebody else's life better, starting with my own. 
that was so well said. We could probably wrap up recording and, and call this an episode because I, I I think honestly that I say that jokingly, but Rich, this idea of, of personal professional and the blend between and understanding that, especially talking to our audience and who our typical listener is, there isn't a clear definition between work and personal. I, it is It blends together and the challenges that we face in our personal life or we face in our professional life really are one and the same. And what's interesting, and Christine, I want to come to you with this, is you think about the kind of the need for diversity, the value of diversity, the value of diversity of thought and being in a diverse room in a diverse workplace, that has a lot of benefits on both the personal and professional side. Do you have any thoughts that you can share around where, where you see that, that that line isn't clear? It's it's very blurry and, and where you're, okay, I, I, need to, I need to make action here. I need to bring change or I see opportunity behind that. Sure, absolutely. And I'm happy to be with you both. You're both terrific friends and have great respect for all that you do. And I appreciate you let me coming along on uh, this journey with you as we, we continue the conversation. But, you know, to your, your question, Alex, you know, I think that there's really nothing more fundamental to our performance as either business people, as parents, as community leaders, than how well we treat and respect each other just as people. That's what it comes down to. It doesn't matter what hat you're wearing, whether I'm a bank executive, I'm a leader within the M&A community, a volunteer, a, a mom, how we treat, how I treat people as human beings is, is what it comes down to. And being willing to listen to others, being intentional about hearing their perspective makes me better, both in my job and as a person. So Rich, it's, it's to your point, it blends together. Let's talk on that for a minute, where, where I think it's really important. Sometimes we talk about diversity and, and you know, the theme of this show and, and the segment that we're in right now in our podcast as a whole is around diversity and, and inclusion and making sure that we acknowledge and address some of the challenges that exist in, in our world and in our industry, where I think all too often we get caught up in the wrong way of thinking. And I, I'm only speaking from my perspective here, but I know that at times you kind of say, okay, well, diversity is important. So therefore I need to go learn diversity. Well, what does that mean? What are you trying to affect? And, and Christine, your point was so spot on there. If you just treat other people well, if you just respect other people and try to make the world a better place with interacting with other people, that's really the key to so much of your success and so much of, of many parts of success in this world. And diversity and the ability to accept someone for who they are, to understand that differences exist and not be judgmental, but rather accepting and open to those, those differences is the critical element. Now, that's easier said than done. Right. That's much easier said than done. And Rich, I want to I want to come back to you on this one. We've talked a little bit about this in our previous episode, but you you're you're a black man in a, a largely white industry. You have been in a position where you find yourself in rooms that many people are much different than you. So you've been forced to be as, as we in our we talked about being uncomfortable and, and uh, being comfortable in uncomfortable situations. You've been forced to be in those uncomfortable situations. How have you learned to embrace that from your perspective and learn where that helps you as, as a person to really grow and, and to accept other people? Well, I have, uh, <laughs> it's funny you say, and we talked about it before, being uncomfortable, getting comfortable in the lack of comfort. I've thought about it more and more. It's to make a sports reference. It's about reps, right? I continue to seek out places that I have not been before. When I last joined you, 
I was fortunate to be a director of business development for a professional service firm. Now I have transitioned to a new role as a director of business development for a private equity fund, investing in business services and healthcare service businesses. In either seat, there are not a lot of people that look like me that come from my background doing this type of work. So what I continue to do is acknowledge that, apply that in my approach. And you and I have said it before, I'm always learning, right? But even when I am the one doing the learning, I can still probably teach a thing or two in terms of how I conduct myself, what I can speak to as a professional, what I can bring to the conversation that you know may have been lacking before. And I know that it, a lot of it is not going to, going to be profound um, in terms of what I'm bringing to the conversation, but it is impactful because there are not a lot of folks out there that look like me. And guess what? I've done a great job really being empowered by the actions of 2020 to make sure that I create visibility to what I am doing to those folks, right? And hopefully that makes them start off a little bit more comfortable than I started off because they've seen Rich Grant go out there and do it. You're modeling the behavior that, that you want others to do as well. Which I, th- I think is really important, right? I mean, it's it's really it's, it's good leadership at the end of the day, but it, it's modeling that behavior out there. Christine, what what do you think about that idea? What do you think about this idea of you have to model the behavior? You have to go out and, and you you may be on the the short end of the stick sometimes. You're a woman in an industry that's male dominated, right? I'm sure you've been on the other side of the table. And again, I, I have no perspective on that. I've I've never lived through that. But how do you think through that idea of you have to model the right behavior? I think you have to not only model the right behavior, but you have to repeat it. It kind of goes to Rich's point about about doing reps. You have to do it over and over again so that it becomes routine, that it becomes normal, that it's it's shared loud enough by everybody that it just becomes how things are, right? It's it's not uh, an intentional exercise that people just go through. It just is how things become. You know, I think all of us want to have a very comfortable sense of belonging in the business environment that we're in, in the communities that we're in. And to Rich's point, it's up to a lot of us to help ease some of those anxieties that you get by not being the same as everybody else. And and so I do think it takes that repetition. It takes a welcoming environment. It takes Many of us as, as leaders, it's a leadership competency to be inclusive in how we go about our jobs. And it's just going to take time to move that needle. But I think if we all act that way and we change our belief system so that it is normal, that's how we're going we're gonna to move the needle. I agree. That's really hard. That's really hard. How do you keep putting in the hard work? How do you find the energy, the the momentum? And, and you know, I'll share for our listeners that the three of us sit on a a committee together that that is focused on this, focused on this very issue. And some of those calls, you get done with them, and you're just like, oh. I'm drained. It's it's so much energy. And then there's so much extra work to put in, in in the work is the emotional work, right? The processing and thinking through it and doing the right thing. How do you keep that top of mind? How do you keep moving through and how do you balance all of that? Yeah. And I think, Alex, taking a step back, I think being really good at what you do is is the foundation for all of this. You need to be confident in your abilities, regardless of your gender, your neurodiversity, your race we're good at what we do. 
And it's having that that confidence to be able to advise people, to serve people, to be a financial professional, adding value to our relationships. That's the foundation. And you have that confidence and you bring that to everything that you do. And then you'll start to move the needle and influence folks because they want to interact with you, not because of what you look like or where you came from, but because you add value. And to me, the work is on that technical side of things and then the the social aspect of it, the, the change in culture will come. That's how I've been able to overcome it. I'm, I'm effective at what I do, which is why people want to interact with me, not necessarily of, of how I look. So I don't think that there's any any way to get around the hard work that it takes to be valuable and uh, important within your own industry. So if that if that makes sense. No, I, I think it makes total sense. Rich, what do you think about that? Be confident, be good at what you do. How does that play into you and, and your journey in, in all of this? Well, I, you know, something that I think about is if you want to do something and you want to be good at it, you need to immerse yourself in it, right? I'm a business development professional, right? I need to be really good at a bunch of different things. But one thing I know I have to be good at is what is the value proposition of my organization? What is the goal of my organization? But also be mindful of the people that I am targeting. What are they looking to accomplish? Can I be an enabler? Can I be somebody that helps them accomplish things, right? So you're absolutely right. You have to be good at what you do also, right? I say it often. There's no other way to say it. There's nothing I hate more than to see whether it's a woman or a man, black man or anybody become a token hire or a token participant in anything. That person that is on there brings some value and they should never be viewed as such. That is just something that I feel very strongly about. And in order to achieve that and to normalize participation of women, uh, Latino, Black, Asian, whatever it may be, there's gotta be a commitment at the top of these organizations, at the top of these industries, at the people that everybody is paying attention to there needs to be a commitment from that level on down because, you know, without that, things really just live, they live on that public statement or a public condemna- condemnation of something or it's an amendment to company policy or organizational policy, but there's no act to it. Those are the things that I think about when I think about the approach to bringing on people and letting people be good at what they're good at, right? Like they're good at that. Let them know Christine is excellent at what she does. She's doing it for years. Let her be good at it. You know, the fact that she's a woman, yes, that may, might make her rare, but the fact that she's really good at what she does, that's probably even more rare because those are the people that people want to work with, the people that are really good at their craft. This is Branch Out, a Connection Builders podcast. I think that's very well said is I hear it and I'll just kind of say it back in my own way of thinking through this. One, it's it's important to be good at what you do. You have to be good at it, your your craft and you have to have confidence to go in and, and that is that's how you overcome any challenge, right? You you have to be good at what you do. And I, I do fundamentally believe in that. To your point, Rich, it's not this idea of, of token hires or plugging someone in just because they fit a box to make the group more diverse. That that's a it's a bad way to start. You're putting someone in because they're capable, qualified, and can can do the work. 
That said, where I also do believe it's really important is to step back and recognize that what is the work? What does it mean to really be good at what you do? And, and Christine, you, you mentioned the technical side, which yes, you have to have a certain level of technical capabilities, but we were chatting before we, we jumped on here a, a little bit. And Rich, you're jumping into a semi-new career. It's tangential to what you're doing, but you don't have deep, diverse background in the technical capabilities behind this. But at the end of the day, as a professional, especially once you get to kind of mid to senior level, it is so much more the EQ skills, so much more the interpersonal skills. Finding someone, again, like, like you, Rich, who you don't have the perfect background of a traditional person in your role, but can you figure it out? No doubt. No doubt. Are you capable? No doubt. Do you work hard? No doubt. Are you good at what you do? Are you confident? No doubt. Right. And stepping back and saying, I want to build a, a diverse organization, diverse group, whatever it might be. How, how can I find someone to put them in that is capable and qualified to do it? Not because of their pedigree, not necessarily because of their, their specific experience or specific education. While those things can be important in understanding some of that, at the end of the day, it's, it's really asking what is the work that needs to be done? And is this person competent and capable in going out and doing that work? Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a perfect statement because it, it, there is a commitment that needs to be done on a personal level to achieving success, right? There's, and my friends always make fun of me because I always equate things back to sports references. <laughs> you know, in a championship game, you can win the championship. But to even get your shot at that stage, there's a lot of work that goes in that nobody gets to see. They get to see you play for the title, but they don't get to see the work that you've done to put yourself in position to win a title. That is what goes into professional stakes for many of us, right? And when I say many of us, I'm talking about the women out there in business, the minorities in business. There are all kinds of sacrifices and commitment that they have made to being the absolute best in their particular field. And that is why they've achieved what they have achieved. Now, Christine, I'm sure you'd back me up on this. While, you know, I would love to think of uh, myself and you, you think of yourself as a great professional, there are plenty of others out there that can do the stuff that we do that just are completely unaware that this is an option for them. You know, it's not even a glass ceiling. They don't know that there's even a room with that opportunity. Awareness. And that is something that, that I think it needs to be addressed for us to handle this diversity, equity, and inclusion issue, right? Let's peel into that. Christine, let me go to you on that. Let, let, what is awareness? What does that mean to you? Oh, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm ready to jump right out of the microphone for a second, Rich. <laughs> well, we talked about this a little bit earlier too, about mentoring. Okay. So a couple of things. So those of us as leaders that are in leadership positions that can influence cultures within our organization really owe it to everybody that we interact with to allow them a, a voice to express their opinions. And it's not us speaking for them, but it's providing them a safe, comfortable environment for our colleagues, our community members to be able to share their experiences, their backgrounds. I think we talked earlier about providing an environment where we're able to lift others up by giving them that venue to express themselves very freely and without anxiety. I think the other thing that we, we have to do is be able to separate from fact and fiction and into your, your sports analogy, Rich. Nobody knows the hard work that goes in behind the scenes, right? It's You don't know where someone's coming from to have 
achieved that level. So understanding the situation and knowing what's real and not real and trying to get rid of some of those biases that, that we all carry with us. They're, they're subconscious, but they're there. Putting those aside and really looking at the facts of a situation are going to help improve things. And then also uh, looking at a situation, looking at a colleague, looking at a, a mentee uh, from a different lens really helps to, to open up the world of, of development for folks, providing a safe and encouraging environment for people to do their best. And, and the way they get somewhere, the way they learn something, the way they achieve something may be very different than, than how I got there or how I would think of it. But looking at that other point of view and embracing that point of view is going to help to develop other people. A safe, comfortable environment that helps lift others up. I think that's that's really important. And for for our listeners, just recognizing that the, the key to success, and this this goes much more broad than just the, the diversity side, but I, I think there's a huge part of this that is is baked into some of the challenges around diversity. Is you have to create an environment where you give people the opportunity to feel comfortable trying their best and, and to try new things and, and goes back to being comfortable in uncomfortable situations. In, in uncomfortable situations, you're going to make mistakes. People aren't always going to do it the way you expect them to. People aren't always going to do it the way that you think it should be done. That doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean it doesn't get there. It doesn't mean you also can't mentor them along the way and help bring some some guidance to them. But the key behind all of that is that safe comfortable environment where you give people that opportunity to shine and to grow. That's fundamental. That's that's really important. And, and Rich, I'll, I'll go to you on this one a little bit here. As you think about this idea of a safe, comfortable environment, do you look back anywhere in your career where you're like, because I, I had this opportunity, because I was in a comfortable environment where I was fortunate to be in a place where I was able to explore and to learn and make mistakes, you're able to grow yourself? Or, or do you see something the opposite, maybe, where you're like, hey, because I didn't feel this way, it, it got in the way and it didn't let me achieve and, and kind of move to that next level? Well, you know, as I look back at how I got to where I sit today, it did take getting comfortable in the middle market investing community while I was on a media related side. But like I alluded to before, while my main job might have been related to the media side of the middle market investing community, I made a commitment to becoming a student of the community, right? Learning the role that a lender plays, that attorneys play, that CPA firms play, and the end game between intermediaries and private equity investors. So I worked really hard to get comfortable in that in order to be able to put myself where I am today, right? So my safe place became the middle market community because I was such a dedicated student of the community. But to get back to that point of mentorship, I have a little bit of an evolution that, that I think mentoring needs to take on. I think that mentoring needs to move from a one-on-one mentor-mentee model to more of a community mentoring model. I think that if I have access to a young student or a young professional that has aspirations to fit into a room that they have not been in before, that there are not a lot of folks like them, the best thing I can do for them is teach them how how to network into that room, put them in conversations with the Christines, with the Alexes, with the Riches, because that is what's going to help 
raise that awareness that I alluded to earlier, right? Let them know that, hey, oh, you would like to pursue a career, you know, in this sector of the middle market investing community or in the investing community overall. Let me introduce you to my friend here. And furthermore, you create a level of relatability to people in terms of, I hate to use buzzwords, but trailblazers, but you put them in a room with a couple of trailblazers, they might see a lot of themselves, right? They might align and manifest a path for themselves by having access to the Christians, having access to Alex, having access to Rich. So that is what I think about it. I am where I am today because of the, the great business development professionals that I have had access to over the last seven years, right? They have taken me under their wing without formally taking me under their wing. They have let me be a part of the room, let me be a part of the conversation. I appreciated that. And I was learning the whole time. I was recording it. It wasn't just happy to be in the room, right? It was, what can I take out of this? And where can I take myself forward by being there? Christine, what do you think about that? What do you think about that teaching approach? I think that teaching approach is invaluable to our growth. I think the second that that we stop learning is when we become irrelevant. You have to be open to learning. You have to be willing to make mistakes and fail. And But you also have to be able to learn from those and make yourself better, make the situation better. And I think anybody that is, is open-minded that way will continue to grow and morph and, and take their career or their business to the next level. I think having the courage to surround yourself with people that may have different views than you, may look at things with a different perspective, will only help to make you a much more you know, rounded and effective professional. I love the idea of having mentors outside of your business. I don't want people that think the same way that I do. And I'll tell you over the years, some of my most effective and impactful mentors didn't even know they had that effect on me because I was just learning by how they conducted themselves or how they reacted to a situation that I probably would not have. And and they're from industries outside of financial services, outside of private equity, outside of middle market. And they would question me and say, why are you looking at things that way? What does that mean? Whereas if I were having a similar conversation with a mentor or leader within my own shop or my own financial services industry, they would have probably not questioned me or questioned that. And it encourages you to think differently. I'll tell you, those conversations are not always easy, but they help me to take a step back and reflect internally about why am I doing something this way or why have we always done it that way? And and how can we grow or change and, and move forward? And I tell you, coming out of 2020, now is the time that if you're not reinventing yourself or reinventing your company or finding a different way to do things or to interact with different types of people, you are going to stand still and, and the rest of your community or industry is going to pass you by. The world moves fast. The world moves really fast. 2020 taught us all how fast the world moves. This is Branch Out, bringing you candid conversations with leading middle market professionals. 
So I, I want to give a thought. I want to share a thought, and then I want your reaction to this. And, and Rich, I'll, I'll have you react first to this. But a lot of my work here and a lot of my my passion and what I, I enjoy is in and around networking. And I, I use the word networking and not business development. Business development is a byproduct of networking. It is certainly the function of generating some kind of opportunity to provide value and receive some level of compensation or some kind of opportunity out of it. I, I believe that's a, a core component of what many of us do in our career. But the, the networking, just the relationship building side. Christine, your point in, in Rich, your, your teaching part in, in talking about meeting people outside and, and having kind of a diverse set of thoughts and learning and all of this together. I've learned, this is just my own experience, networking is so much of that for me. So my, right here, what we are doing on this call, yes, we're recording a podcast. Yes, we're creating some content out of it. But really, at many levels, this is a, a form of networking. This is a form of having a conversation. This is a form of relationship building, right? And the more you do that, the more different people you talk to, different industries, different backgrounds, different experiences, different gender, different race, all, all these things that are really important to different different, right? The keyword there being different, not like me, but different. The more of that you are doing, the more you're seeing new perspectives, the more you're learning, the more your mind's opening up. And, and it doesn't mean that you're going to agree with every single person you talk to. It doesn't mean that every thought you have is going to be the right thought. But what it does mean is that the more of that you do, the more time you put into there and really expand that your horizons, it just makes you a better person. It, it opens your mind. It gives you more to work with and bring value to, to your job, your workplace, your clients in so many ways that has absolutely nothing to do with that revenue side of things, but just the the understanding things better, right? And Rich, I know you've done a lot of networking in your life. I know that that's been a huge function of, of what you've done. Have, have you had similar experiences? Well, when, I, when I say that, how do you react to that? What do you think about that? All I think is I wish I would have learned how to network and the value of network younger in life. When I look at 2020, I took a tremendous leap by being a beneficiary of the network that I am a part of. And I used that to help take this conversation on diversity past echo chambers and safe spaces, right? I didn't know who I could talk about with this issue. So I started talking about it with everybody. And what I uncovered is in this community where there are not a lot of people that look like me, not a lot of people that look like Christine. There are plenty of people that are committed, dedicated, and willing to do the hard work that will make a change and create opportunities for those like myself. I have decided part of what I can do, right? Sometimes you don't know what to do, but when you don't know what to do, do what you can do. So what I've decided is I've decided to go to my alma mater, someplace that I have a connection to young black men. And I have connected with those young men to teach them how to network, to teach them how to, hey, I'm interested in moving to Arizona after I graduate from Colgate University. I would love to find a career in finance. I'm going to teach them how to approach Christine or anybody else that is in my network that I trust. And I'm going to teach them how to do that when they're 22 years old, right? Not later in their career, not when they're a seasoned professional where your network can create a better title or anything. I want them to start off early because that is how we're going to change the communities that we are a part of both professionally and personally. 
right? We got to start younger. We got to think about creating diversity on the associate level of firms, right? And then once we've created that, let's teach them how to network to better opportunities if the, the firm that they work with does not present one. I couldn't agree with you more on that. I, I want to I say to you, I, I'm biased in this because, again, of my work, but I, I think there, it's never too early to start networking. And if you aren't, it's also never too late. Wherever you are, just start. If you're not doing it, do it more. Make it make it what you're doing, right? There, there's so much value in that. What I, Christine, I want to get your reaction to this, but you said this earlier, how well we treat other people. I do believe a, a core function of networking, and, and this is a lot of the the teaching and the, the the work that I've done, really is is helping you have the right mindset of it's really just about treating other people well. Fundamentally, just and I I say this semi jokingly, but like just don't be an asshole. Just just be nice. <laughs> go go be nice to people, right? And it, it yeah. makes a big difference, right? But it does. It, the, the only reason that's a funny statement to make is because we all look around and say, man, if more people would just embrace that, it would make this world a lot better of a place. I always refer to a bumper sticker that I once saw that says mean people suck. I mean, that's kind of my motto. But but to the to the networking point, I think it's not I don't use the word networking. I use the word connecting. My favorite thing to do is to be of service to others. And, and I think if I were to take any young professional that wants to get to know people, wants to build their Rolodex, and that's how old I am, right? I still talk about Rolodexes, wants to build their connections. How can you interact with people and be of service to them? You know, I know Rich wants to, you know, make an introduction or, or get to know a, a company. I happen to know them. I'm going to help Rich do that. And I'm not going to expect anything in return. And that's the other thing, too, is it's really about being of service. What can you do to help others, given your entire being? We all wear many different hats. I may be at a practice with my kids. I may be volunteering in the community. I may be at the bank. I may be at a you know ACG middle market event. I wear all these different hats. And what can I do when I interact with you, Alex, to bring value to you based on my connections? And I think you do that and you're selfish about it. One, you also take time to get to know people personally. That is my favorite thing, but I'm a, a social creature by nature. Some folks it's not as comfortable for. I want to know what you enjoy doing. Do you like to spend time doing a similar you know, interest as me? I'm a, I'm a huge golfer. I'm an athlete. I would love to spend time with you doing that. And I think the more you invest in relationships, the more you're going to get out of your networking experience. To me, that's what it's all about. The revenue production, the business development will come once you build trust and rapport with people. No, I think those are great thoughts. What's really interesting here, we jump on to talk about diversity. We end up talking about networking. What I, I think it's actually an interesting component here for our listeners and for, for those of us, and I think there's many of us that sit here and say, okay, yes, I, I acknowledge that there are diversity and inclusion issues within this world, and there's actions and steps that need to be taken. No one individual is going to solve this problem, and it's not going to get solved overnight. This is a long-term issue. It's something, it's a journey, right? There isn't necessarily a specific destination point. This is a, a process that we all have to put effort into, but what, what 
to our listeners and to, to those of us that work in a professional services world and networking as a component of what you do, recognize how big of an impact you can make by being more diverse in your own networking, by being open-minded in, in who you're talking to and look to help add value to other people and, and build connections for other people, help connect other people, help make intros and recognize the impact that that can really have to radically change the trajectory of someone's life. And that's how we resolve this. That's how, and, and again, it's, it's not a short-term fix, but that it's actions and steps like that that will make a meaningful impact in the long run. And the reality is, and Rich, you said this already, when you don't know what to do, do what you can. We can all go network. We can all go out and talk to people and build relationships, right? It's the simplest thing to do. Yes, you have to find time for it, but we, we can all make the time, right? We it, it's If it's important to you, you find the time for it. Just talk to people. Just build relationships with people. And people that are different than you, that think differently than you, that look differently than you, that work in a different field than you, and recognize there's so much value in just talking to other people. Yeah, and I think, Alex, that, that reminds me of a point we talked about when we all originally had a conversation. It's that normalization. And you get to that by not just changing perceptions or expectations, but by just doing more with more people and including others and being open to interacting with people outside of your your normal world, expanding your universe of connections. So I, I think normalization is something that we'll see happen over time. It's, it's a slow process, but by doing what we're all doing, I think it gets us a whole lot closer. Yeah, to jump in on the point of normal, normalization is thinking about that issue and that topic, as I think about it a lot, I think one of the reasons why we have failed to see a normalization of effective diversity initiatives is because a statement, a public condemnation is fleeting, right? You made it, people read it. Maybe people applauded you for it, but that goes with the moment because there are business goals at the end of the day and the business goals are going to always be a driver. That said, at the beginning of the year, I know there are several, especially this year, there are several organizational execs that said they were going to make a commitment to diversity. Well, guess what? That's their goal. But a goal without a plan is just a wish. And these things don't get normalized because several organizations make that wish. They make the wish to be a more diverse organization. They don't do the hard work of committing to creating a plan, finding the actionable items. I think as a business development professional, I always think about what do I need to do right now? What do I need to do shortly? And what do I need to be able to do eventually? And then I get to work. Same thing with battling diversity, changing the diversity of your organizations. There's certain things you can do right now. There's other things that are going to take a long time. You know, the three of us are on the task force for ACG Global. There are things that are out of our control and there are things that were in our sphere of influence. At the genesis, we have to attack those things in our control. So that is what I think will help everybody get better at normalizing this. Tackle what's in our control. I, I think that is such a, I'm writing that down because it's such a, a good way to look at this. So I'm, I'm going to give a little bit of a recap here to our listeners. So we, we, we're talking about the kind of the importance of diversity in many ways, but also just to generally just 
learning from other people, growing from other people, being the best version of yourself, being a nice person to to other people. And and if I I look at kind of top to bottom, we we said okay, personal and professional. There's a very grainy line between those. It's very hard to distinguish the two. And and I I'm a believer in you're the same person at home as you are at work. Knowing that this comes down to if it's important to you in in your personal or professional life, then it's important to you as a person, and you should work on it. And a, a huge component of being successful at really making a more diverse place and a, a more diverse community really does come down to how well you're treating people. It's 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 recognizing that just because someone else is different than you doesn't mean that that they're wrong or that there's anything there. It's just accepting, hey, I'm going to accept other people for who they are, where they are, and how they are. Just treat them well. And, and that's so important. But we also made the point that it's really about reps. You have to be learning. You have to be out there doing it or else you're never going to get better. No different than, again, say diversity, this idea of learning and, and trying to expand my per- for myself personally, my understanding, I have to continuously do work like this or do conversations like this to help me continually learn and grow in that. So I think for everyone, recognizing that is important. And then you really have to also create visibility for those that don't even understand that these fields exist, those that are typically minorities that are are unaware of this, unaware of a career, unaware of an opportunity that might exist. When you're out there trying to create that visibility, it, it is so impactful in helping people to really just see new opportunity they never thought existed before. And then, Christine, one of your points you made was you have to be good at what you do. You have to be confident no matter what. Because at the end of the day, whoever you are, you have to really be good at it to, to gain respect and, and to be in a place. And it comes down, Rich, you had said that the, the best way to do that is immerse yourself in it. And whatever that is, right? Where, again, our, our theme is around diversity. But I think in any aspect of your life and your career, if you want to be good at something, immerse yourself in it. I want to be good at, at networking. Good. Go immerse yourself in networking. I want to be good at meeting people of diverse backgrounds. Good. Go go immerse yourself in it. And that's how you become good at what you do and you become confident is by by being there. If you are on the other side, if you are in a leadership role or you are controlling a little bit more of the environment, it's also really important for you to create a safe, comfortable environment that lifts others up. And say that again, a safe, comfortable environment that lifts others up because this is all about creating the space for people to learn and to grow and to make mistakes, which is inevitable in that growing process. And then we also, we covered this idea um, of, of really networking and the value of networking and teaching people networking and, and leveraging your network to both learn and gain different perspective for yourself, but also to help other people access and learn and see things that maybe they, they didn't understand before. And, and there's so much power in, in that network. And, and it's something that all of us listening to the show can actually go do. We can go and put that into action today. And that really ties into Rich, your comment of when you don't know what to to do, do what you can. And, and again, networking is something that we can always go do. And how do you do that well? How are you successful in that? Go out there and be of service to other people without expectations. Go out there and just look for ways to, to really add value to other people. Look for ways to in- increase your own awareness, your own understanding of a different situation, a different circumstance, a, you know, people of different backgrounds. And I think there's just there's so much power when we really go at things open mindedly and and immerse ourselves in it and really throw ourselves in. So with that said, that was a long winded summary of our episode today. Rich, Christine, anything you want to add as kind of closing statements here? I would love to just jump in and talk about one last thing, and that really is as we as an industry aim to diversify 
ourselves in terms of the talent that we are bringing in. I think there's got to be a commitment that is twofold with talent development. One, we need to recruit and expand the horizons of which we recruit into these communities. Two, there needs to be an enablement, right? When you do recruit a young associate in or somebody perhaps switching their careers and maybe they've been a great professional adjacent to what they're doing now, there needs to be a willingness to develop that talent past just the job they were hired for. I think if you see a change in a, an attitude towards those two arenas, you're going to see the diversity of our, our industry change because not only will people come in and, yeah, they'll be uncomfortable at first, but as they get comfortable, they'll want to stay in the room. They won't say, yes, I've endured four years of working at this firm. It's been uncomfortable work. I need to do something else. No, they're going to be they're going to know they've been invested in by the leadership of organizations to create a platform for them to succeed in the community. And, you know, that's that's just something else that I, I really don't think is spoken about enough. But, you know, it's not just recruiting, but once you have recruited, really invest in that talent, right? Think about them being good at what they need to do today, but also setting them up to be good at what they can do in the future. Well said. Christine, any any reaction to that? <laughs> well, that's certainly hard to follow because I couldn't agree <laughs> with you more, Rich. I think I would just, you know, remind the listeners that it is very clear that diversity and creating an inclusive environment is key to success in our business and our personal lives. It's what it's all about. So I think it's incumbent upon all of us as leaders to you know, set the stage for the younger professionals that are that are coming behind us, as Rich just said. Could not agree more. Could not agree more. So call to action for our listeners this week. In the next seven days, think about you, you have two options here. You can go out and find and network with someone that is outside of your normal circle. Find and expand your network, expand your horizon. Or alternatively, in the next seven days, make an introduction to someone that allows them to connect into a network they never would have had a chance to, to connect with before. Make that introduction for someone. Find a way to tee that up and make that happen. So well, either you're expanding your horizons or you're expanding someone else's horizons. But it's a simple task. It does not take that much time. Find in in the next seven days, find time to go and do that. I, I think it will uh, it will make a, a a much bigger impact than you realize. And, and frankly, don't do it once; make it a habit. But as a call to action, I, I'm going to challenge you to do it in the next seven days here. So, with that said, Rich, for our listeners, how can they get a hold of you? The best way to, to connect with me is via LinkedIn to practice what I preach. If we're connected on LinkedIn, I can better connect you to other people in my network. We'll, we will make sure your LinkedIn is linked below. And Christine, for you? The same thing. What would we have done without LinkedIn? My goodness. I don't know. I, I'm young enough not to know. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that mentioned the Rolodex in our conversation. So um, Christine Novacek on LinkedIn is the best place to, to get me. Awesome. Well, thank you both very much. I appreciate this. This has been a fun conversation and looking forward to talking to both of you again sometime soon. Thank you for tuning in this week. Share this podcast with your professional network to help others connect, grow, and excel. Like what you hear? Leave us a review. And don't forget to subscribe now.